0: Welcome to the Built for Playmakers Podcast. I'm your host, Kelvin Hunt, editor of ChopChat.com, episode 57. It's been a couple weeks since I was able to uh, bring you guys some content. Uh, My apologies on that. Uh, And just been crazy with life. And just finding a good time to kind of balance out everything I want to say as far as where the program is going, results on the field, recruiting. And tonight felt like the perfect opportunity considering that um, we just got some big recruiting news, got a big rivalry game coming up, so forth and so on. So we're going to touch on um, a lot of topics. This is I'm going to pack a whole bunch of content into this one. Um, so uh, thank you guys for joining us if this is your first time. Those of you that have been rocking since day one, always appreciate you guys. Um, but before we go, go any further, let me go ahead and shout out our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. Basketball is back, unfortunately. If shoot basketball, is not. Um, but Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. As your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. But yeah, man, um, life is good, just busy. Um, What a a great time to be an FSU fan, man, things are, it feels like everything I was saying nearly a year ago is coming to fruition or, you know, I thought it could, even though a lot of people didn't. But let me go ahead and start off with the the, the big news of the evening with uh, four-star quarterback Brock Glenn flipping his commitment from Ohio State to FSU. Um, You know, we talked about Um, Brock Glenn uh, months ago with the whole Chris Parson, Brock Glenn, FSU wanting to take two quarterbacks saga and at the time you know a lot of people were afraid that FSU would miss on both and you know for a while it looked like that was going to be the case. Obviously Chris Parson decommitted whenever FSU started heavily pursuing Brock Glenn then Glenn ultimately decided to commit to Ohio State. And again, you know, this is before the season started. So FSU was still in the in the in the boat of having to prove uh, proof of concept even more, um, you know, making it more appealing for Brock Glenn to want to say yes. And when you look at what Ohio State does and, you know, how their offense uh, conducts things year in, year out, who they produce, it was it was hard to argue with why he chose Ohio State at the time. However, FSU starts the season red hot, um, loses, you know, three close games. But all all along the while, um, Mike Novell, Tony Cars and, and staff were, were, you know, I put it on Twitter uh, earlier tonight. I said those guys were like, um, if you watch National Geographic back in the day and you watch, um, you know, the animals that are the hunters and the prey that they're pursuing. And if you ever watched the pack of wild dogs, right, they would literally chase uh, an animal like miles, and just basically exhaust the animal. And then, you know, the animal would eventually have to succumb to the pack of wild dogs. And that's kind of how I like to describe this recruitment. Um, Mike Norvell and Tokars just stayed on him, stayed on him. And all along the while, you know, FSU kept producing the offense you know, started to, to to consistently show proof of concept. And, you know, now you look at it, especially in the last, you know, four games, FSU's offense is a, is a, is literally among the best in the the nation Um, scoring almost 35 points a game. They are, they have the most explosive plays of over 20 yards in the nation averaging almost seven uh, yards per play averaging um over 5 well over 5 yards per rush. You know, Joe and Travis has games where, you know, he can throw for, you know, 300 or more. And then he has games where he can complete 12 passes like they did against Miami and and, and still put up crazy numbers, you know, three touchdown passes or whatever. It is an offense built for playmakers, and now they have the proof of concept to, to go along with that, and so Glenn chooses to flip to the Noles, and so what that does is that that fills a, a huge position of need. It, it's also a big PR win for the Knowles because whenever you go up against Ohio State and you can win a recruiting battle, and I'm sure Ohio State fans will be like, well, we didn't really want him or he wasn't really that good or whatever, but look. From a PR point of view, he flipped from Ohio State to FSU. Did having uh, a top guy coming in the twenty-four class have a, a factor in it? Possibly. But hey, look, FSU also has a top guy coming in 2024 and Luke Crummenhoe. So um, you know, you got that to think about as well. But uh major props to the nose, um Glenn's commitment puts the nose at top 15 nationally, and they'll probably look to um, add a few more handful of prep guys, and then the rest will be transfer portal to um, address some, some key needs on the roster. But I also want to touch on what this commitment could mean. If you listen to the last podcast, you know, that was, like I said, it's been two or three weeks ago. Um, I said that at the time I felt Jordan Travis would come back. And that was before most people kind of jumped on that bandwagon. And the reason at the time I felt like even though, you know, he was producing at a, at a, at a very high rate, you still don't hear his name mentioned among, you know, any of the top quarterbacks. So he's not going to go in the top rounds. And I feel like if he came back, not that he would really increase his stock that much. um, It's more of a, you know, uh a timeline of legacy so to speak you know when he came here you know nobody thought he could play you know he couldn't throw whatever whatever but basically joe and travis has been the key or one of the largest um keys to this program turning things around and so you know when you look at going three and six in 2020 and then potentially winning 10 games this year. And then if Jordan Travis come back next year and you have the potential to win the ACC and make a college football playoff as a top 12, which they, they could almost make the top 12 this year if things shake out you know, a certain way. Um, not only that, you know, he would make a, a substantial amount of money from NLL, I'm sure they'll make it worth his while. And then again, you know, he could he could have you know he could be uh, amongst those top quarterbacks as far as Heisman candidates because you know th- those guys like to talk about teams that are very good, right? And those quarterbacks. And so going into this year, there was a lot of question marks about FSU and what was possible and can they get over the hump? Well, if they win nine or ten games this year, then they're going to be ranked preseason next year. And you know if they start the season well next year, then Jordan Travis will be you know if he continues to play at a high level, then he'll he'll be in the conversation. Um, so I can. So let me say this: so with Brock Glenn, if he signs with FSU, you know we got a, another month or so. If he signs with FSU, what that tells me is they the staff feels really good about Jordan Travis coming back because I don't see where. The, they would pursue a prep player like Brock Glenn get him in this class as well as bring in someone from the transfer portal if um they didn't think Jordan Travis was going to stay um because if Jordan Travis decides to leave then what that does is that you have Tate, so that means it's either going to be Tate Rodemaker or AJ Duffy um and then you have Brock Glenn and I just don't see where adding Glenn and a transfer quarterback um, would be a good use of resources, so to speak, unless they feel like um, Duffy or uh, Tate Rotomaker could be the guy who joined Travis Leaves. Um, and then we saw, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean Johnny Wilson's is going to come back next year, but um, I, I would I would be willing to bet money on it, um, that, you know. Rising Spirit signed him as a uh, brand ambassador, and so a lot of things just feel like they're 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 coming they're coming to fruition for FSU to really really cement cement themselves and position themselves for the long haul, and and the key to that would be um, Jordan Travis in my opinion because if he comes back next year, you got most of most of the offense coming back aside from um, a couple guys on the offensive line and Cameron McDonald. And, um, and you're going to lose Ontario Wilson, but everybody else pretty much, you know, would be back, um, defensively, um, you got, um, you're going to lose a couple guys, but you got a lot of, a lot of that nucleus coming back. And so that would be a, a, a obviously it could be a, a great year for the nose in 2023. The schedule was really favorable, um, And that would also allow the quarterback position to to get in a position once Jordan Travis leaves. So there's there's no there's no drop off, so to speak. Um, As I've mentioned several times before, that is one of the prime reasons why Clemson has been able to sustain their success over the last almost decade. Um, Dabo has not missed a quarterback. And, um, you know, And aside from like one year where they had Kelly Bryant and then last year with uh, DJ um, playing terribly, you know, all the other times those guys have been in the playoff conversation. And that has been, you know, the lack of elite quarterback play has probably kept them from being, you know, amongst the top guys, uh, top teams this year. Um, You know, they've gotten by because they haven't really played, uh, you know, a, a lot of tough teams. um. And, you know, the defense is good offensively. You know, they're not elite. And, um, you know, because they played a a softer schedule, that's allowed them to kind of coast through. Um, But that is one of the reasons why they've been so good over the last few years. And so if if Mike Novell can kind of get Jordan Davis to to come back and be that stopgap, that's going to be big time for this program in the the long haul. Um, But – you know, since let's talk about FSU since the bye week, man, roll Georgia Tech absolutely destroy Miami. And also, I got to say, listen, I had Miami as, a, as the most overrated team on the schedule in the preseason. I had NC State as the second most overrated team in the preseason. And I think I had a Florida number three. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I know I had Miami and NC State as the top two overrated teams on the schedule. And for a matter of fact, I retweeted it earlier today. When you go back and look at the schedule, I remember writing about this in the preseason. And I said, is the 2022 schedule as daunting as people are making it out to be? And I didn't think it was. Um, yeah, I didn't believe that Miami was any good. You know, a lot of people have them top 15. I thought that was a joke. Um, I thought Texas a and being number six was a joke. And obviously we see what, what what's happening over there. Um, the same thing that happened here in the, in the last years under under Jimbo, and and I was right about that too. Um, I said Syracuse uh, would probably be better than their record indicated, but Syracuse was able to win a couple games that could have went the other way. They kind of got a little lucky. Uh, they played NC State after we knocked their quarterback out, but we saw that that you know that that gamut of Clemson, Pittsburgh, NC State, uh, Notre Dame. We saw that take its toll on that team. And um by the time they got to us, you know, it was a wrap. And I knew Georgia Tech wasn't gonna be good. Although the Georgia Tech is is man, they beat North Carolina, but that's not saying too much because they're they're overrated. But Georgia Tech is probably won more games than I thought they would win. Um I, I said that we would blow Boston College out. That was in one of my top 10 bowl predictions. I said we would blow them out. We did. And so just looking at the schedule, you know, I just felt like, man, eight eight wins is doable if Jordan Travis can stay healthy. And and he has And But, you know, a lot of guys, you know, everything's really rosy right now. And, you know, we're on top of the world as FSU fans compared to the last few years. But, man, we were very, very, very close to not. <laughs> not being here in that Louisville game, I, I I know it's been a while while back, and you know we're we're riding high right now, but that just tells you how fickle how 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 the ball bounces sometimes, injury luck, just how just how much that can influence things. Um, and just, just look at Tennessee. Tennessee just lost a quarterback, um, Hooker, for the year with a, an ACL injury. Um, prayers out to him. Hopefully, he can make a recovery, but. Um, and you'll see how different they look without Hooker um, this week. But, you know, um, it could have been different, man. It could have been different. So I'm just I'm so happy that the 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 injury gods looked out for us. Finally, man, we we've been beat down so bad the last few years. And for Jordan Travis to be able to um, you know, continue to play, even though he wasn't 100 percent, and he looks pretty healthy now. Um, but, yeah, that was that was really, really big for for FSU and Mike Norvell. But let's talk about the mentality of this team to be able to go. And a lot of people are like, well, you haven't played anybody you know, good uh, during the bye week. And, you know, I mean, that's a fact. But at the same time, to have the 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 program maturity to go out there and mow down Georgia Tech, go on a road and just absolutely destroy Miami. And then to, you know, go on the road and demolish Syracuse. And then to come home at 12 o'clock against uh, a Louisiana team that, you know, I mean, look, it's Louisiana. And to not have any letdown whatsoever it's 21 and nothing in the first quarter. That tells you a lot about where this program is and where this program potentially could go. And if they go out there and take care of business against Florida on Friday night, and I anticipate that they will, I'll I'll have a a full breakdown of of the game as I normally do. And, you know, the three things to look for, three big facts, all that stuff I write on Chop Chat. Make sure you check it out. That is uh, that is telling about the foundation that is being continued to be laid by Mike Norvell, uh, at FSU. Um, it's not it's not easy to go out there and and just mow teams down like that, even though they're not very good. You know, FSU is making it look almost effortless, and we haven't seen this. Guys, we didn't even see this in in 2016 with a, a more talented team that Jimbo had. And, I mean, you had Dalvin Cook, you had Derwin James on that team. Well, he didn't play but two games that year, but still. Um, Demarcus Walker, you had a, a lot of NFL talent on that team. And, you know, they still didn't just go out there and mow guys down um, the way this team has done after the bye week. So, you know, that's a that's a shout out to Mike Novell and the coaching staff and the players. Um to, to not have a face on an opponent, just worry about them, um, stick to the process and put the work in and, you know, the results will come. I mean, that's big time. And I know I have been um, very hard on the offense this year. I know most people are the, are the reverse of that. Um, i've I've been a supporter of the defense the entire year. I feel like you know they've gotten the short end of the stick on some things um but finally it's it's kind of what I was saying last year you know if 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 you have if you have if the defense knows the offense is going to score or has the potential to score, that's going to impact how the defense plays It just is and the way the offense has been playing as of late after the bye week especially. You know, that is, that's almost like telling the defense, hey, bro, we, we're going go to go score. You got to hold up your end of the bargain. And the defense is like, well, we got to get it three and out because we got to get in the ball back and vice versa. I mean, complementary football at its finest. And then when you add in special teams, I mean, that's how they, that's how they've been blowing these teams out. Um, Offense go score, defense get a stop, give them great field position, touchdown. Back to back to back to back to back. Don't turn the ball over. Uh, The game against Louisiana was the second time this year that FSU has not turned the ball over once. Boston College was the only other game. And turnovers were a big reason why FSU lost against NC State, a big reason why they lost against Wake Forest. And the big reason why they lost against Clemson, uh, especially Clemson and Wake Forest. Both of those turned into touchdowns that were kind of game-turning uh, moments in the game, along with the injuries on the defense and that sort of thing. But right now, the, the the offense is operating at an elite level. The defense is operating at an elite level. And look, man, you gotta you got to give it up to these coaches and these players. Because FSU is is not it's not one of the most talented teams, uh, you know, among the top ten to fifteen. But I mean, aside from like one or two teams, I said it in the last podcast. FSU can go toe to toe with any of these guys, and you know, the biggest difference is FSU does not still does not have the depth that you know a Georgia. Well, I mean, Georgia has more top end talent either way, but you know, they don't have the 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 depth that a Georgia has or even an Alabama or whatever but you know if you could say hey if you could guarantee that FSU um you know could avoid injuries and say hey we're going we're going go to we're going to go just toe to toe in a one game scenario psh, hey FSU can give all those teams room for their money and as long as they didn't turn the ball over they would have a, a very good shot at beating most of those teams a very good shot to beat most of those teams. And when you think about it, guys, this team has gone from three and six to five and seven to potentially nine and three. And I know a lot of people want to talk about, um, you know, recruiting or whatnot. And a lot of people were wondering, well, you know, or we were saying, well, we got to win games, obviously. Um, and now you have a top 15 class and the potential to close stronger with, with a few other guys. You know, we'll see how that shakes out. But one thing with the recruiting, I want to point out that I, I would trust the staff's evaluations. I mean, their evaluations have been so good that I know a lot of people just look at the stars of who has what or whatever. But I mean, this staff can evaluate. And this staff can develop, I mean, at a very, very, very high level. And and whenever they're looking at guys in recruiting, it's not obviously, I mean, they look, I mean, they look at stars, obviously, but they have their own evaluations. They're gonna look at a guy from a physical standpoint, they're gonna look at a guy from a mentality standpoint they're going to look at a guy from a fit standpoint as far as where he fits into the the team need culture that sort of thing and i know a lot of people i mean i know early on a lot of people say oh man he's a he's a four star he's right here in florida and they're not even recruiting him or whatever well there's probably a reason why they weren't recruiting him either they scouted him and didn't like something they saw whether they talked to somebody about the kid and heard some things that, you know, maybe didn't fit what they were looking for, whatever, whatever. But when you look at the roster as a whole, especially these guys that they were able to evaluate in person, um, this staff, this staff has an eye for talent. I mean, look at Marquise and Douglas. Nobody thought he would even contribute anything. And he's out here being a serviceable tight end after – you know, coming off of an injury and and all sorts of things. I mean, look at Trayshawn Ward, walk on, one of the best running backs. Look at Trey Benson, hadn't done anything in college, coming off a major injury, one of the best running backs in the country. Look at Jordan Travis. Nobody thought he could hit the bar, you know, broad, broadside of a barn. You know, a year or two ago, and now he's playing like one of the best quarterbacks in the country. He don't even have to use his legs anymore. He can, just stand, he can just stand back there and do whatever. Look at the offensive line. Going from one of the, the worst units to you know one of the one of the best units in the ACC. I mean, look at Jared Verse. Obviously got a lot of physical talent. But, you know, he's 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 playing better than a lot of people thought he would play this year. I mean, look at Fabian Lovett. Fabian Lovett came from Mississippi State, and, I mean, he was a – I think he was a three-star coming out of high school. It wasn't like he was like a very heralded guy. And, look, you saw – you see what type of difference it, it makes when he's in the game now or when he's out of the game. Look at Kalen Deloach. Man, we ain't, we ain't had a linebacker to, to to evolve like that in a long time. Look at Brendan Gantt. You know – not only that, they're getting guys to to accept roles, and you know that's a that's a part of culture. That's big time. And uh, one thing I like too is you saw how a lot of the players were were tweeting, um, how they were um, just being patient and, and you know learning from guys that are ahead of them and all that good stuff. And you know that's a that's some self policing that that I was glad to see that you know. I know there's some questions about Sam McCall, and I'm I'm going to get into that in, in just a few seconds. But those those younger guys, just you know, being willing to wait their turn, um, the receivers, you know, FSU has been running the crap out of the ball, and they haven't been throwing the ball a ton, but you still see the receivers out there blocking guys onto the dang sidelines, even though they're only getting like two three targets a game. But they're winning, and that and that does help because if they were losing, you know, there might there might be some some different things going on, but. But still, um, those guys willing to put in the work to to, to achieve that team success is a uh, is a is a great sign. But speaking on Sam McCall, um, and I, I know I mentioned this before, back whenever he first kind of tweeted that he he was going to go on a the portal. Then he was like, you know, he acted on emotion and um, you know all that good stuff. And um, you know, he's been going to practice, ball accounts, and 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 doing what he's supposed to do. And I know there was, you know, some talk about uh, this past weekend, how he may not have, you know, been with the team on the sidelines and all this other stuff. And, you know, look, man, I was going to, I was going to share this story and I think I've shared it before, but when I was in college as a freshman, I was, I was in a very similar situation to Sam McCall in that I, um, I felt like I was better than, I mean, I wasn't like, as high as a recruit ranked recruiters McCall was and I'm talking baseball here. I played baseball. If you have never listened to this podcast before, but, um, I mean, you know, I was recruited and had offers from a lot of different places, but it wasn't at the level McCall was or coming out of high school. But when I got, when I got to college that fall, uh, you know, I felt like, Oh, well, you know, I I, I feel like I'm better. This guy's playing center field. I was going to play center field. I was like, yeah, you know, I, th- I think I'm better than him. And, and then there's another guy that was kind of out there and I was like, I mean, I think I'm better than him too. So, you know, anyway, you're, you're practicing you're inner squatting, scrimmaging, you know, all the good stuff, uh, falls, you know, strength and conditioning, whatever season rolls around in February. And, um, I remember the first game was an away game and. You you have a, you had a travel roster, you know, and if you didn't make the travel roster, you just stay back and, uh, you know, you just whatever you just waited to go to practice the next day. So, you know, me being young, I mean, look, when I started college, I was 17. So I was one of the youngest cats on the team, you know, young and cocky, cocky. And I was like, Bruh, I need I'm not even going to check the the door for the travel roster. I just went ahead and put my uniform on and just, just walked over so walking over to, to the buses. Right. And so, but I had to go by coach's office to, to get on the bus. And, um, so anyway, I'm walking, walking by coach's office and, and, you know, I'm close enough to where I'm like, well, let me just see who's traveling. And so i will go look on the list and there's, there's, uh, there's two pieces of paper on the, um, on the door and I'm looking, and I'm like, I'll go through one side and I'm like, well, I don't don't see my name on there, and I go down the other side, the other piece of paper, and I'm like, I don't see my name on there either. And I was like, wait, what? I what? I'm not on the travel list. And I kind of looked around, you know, and I said, yo, I was like, is there another paper somewhere? (laughs) I was like, man, I was like, I, I was, I could not believe it. I was like, I'm not on the travel list. I could not believe it. And, um, you know, I, um, I, I went back to my room, took my uniform off and my roommate was, uh, who I went to high school with. And, you know, so he kind of knew, you know, he knew of me or whatever, you know, you know, you know, coming from the same hometown or whatever. And he was like, man, you didn't make the trouble. I was like, nah, bro. He's like, what? I was like, yeah, I was like, man, that's crazy. And so, you know, being young, I was like, I hope they lose, <laughs> you know, just being immature and, um, you know, if they don't win, it's because I won't play.ing You know that sort of deal. You know, and they lost. You know, I was like, yeah, "That's what y'all get." And you know, just been immature. And um, but you know, the next day of practice or whatever, went to practice like I normally do. Or whatever. And uh, we had a game, a home game, a couple a couple days later. And um, you know, obviously at home games, you everybody dresses out, and so we you know sitting there or whatever. And I wasn't in the starting lineup and um didn't get to play and i'm just like man i'm like okay next game is a home game suit up you know didn't get to play i'm just like man and the guy that's playing center field is like i mean you know he's he's all right but i'm just like and he was a sophomore and I, so he was a year ahead of me and i was just like mm, I just man you know what the, what the world no way game and um I don't make the away game. I don't make the second away game road trip. And I was like, okay, all right, bro. So, so this is why I'm saying I'm I'm kind of in a similar situation to Sam McCall. Now, obviously, we didn't have the transfer portal back then. And I'm like, man. So I call. So my grand my grandparents raised me, right? <clears throat> my granddad was a big baseball guy. Whatever he introduced the game to me, played semi pro ball, all that good stuff. So, so back then, I, bro, we didn't even have cell phones when I was in college. We had, we had these little phone cards where you could kind of call. It wasn't like call and collect, but you had like a certain amount of minutes or whatever you could use. Anyway, so I called my granddad. And I was like, hey, granddad. I was like, yo, I was like, man, you know, I, I didn't make the travel team for this road game again, you know. And I was kind of, you know, complaining and, you know, not really bitching and whining or excuse my language, but not really not really just pouting, but I was just like, man, you know, I can't believe it. I make it or whatever. My granddad didn't say anything. And um, he said, well, son, he was like, um, you've you been going to practice. I said, yes, sir. He said, have you been practicing hard? I said, yes, sir. He said, have you been doing everything the coach asked you to do? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, my only suggestion is whenever you, before you go to practice tomorrow, you um you go by and talk to your coach, and you ask him directly what do you need to do to to get on the field and um so luckily, luckily, I had that guidance right to where you know my granddad wasn't like, "Oh, well, you should be playing or blah 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 blah, he wasn't blowing smoke up my tail, and I'm not saying that's what the case with sam i I don't know everything's going on behind the scenes there. But, you know, my granddad had a level head about it. And he was like, you know, go talk to the guy, you know, man to man. So I remember I um, I got out of class and I called my coach. I said, Coach, Coach Davis, or Doc, he had a doctoral degree. So we called him Doc, Dr. Davis. I said, Doc, I said, hey, I said, um, and I was, my work study was actually on on the field. So uh, most of the days I was on the field before practice anyway, like doing different things for work study as part of um, my um, scholarship package And so I said, Hey, I said, um, can I come by and talk to you before I go out to the field for work study today? And he was like, sure. So I go in or whatever. And I was like, and I was just like straight to the point. I said, I said, I said, coach, I said, Hey, I said, um, you know, I said, I feel like I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I'm going to class. I'm going to practice, you know, blah, 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 blah. I said, but I'm, you know, I didn't make the travel team on the two road games and I haven't played yet. Um, I just want to know, like, what, what do I have to do exactly to get on the field? And, um, it's so funny. He like sit back, he like sat back in his chair. And he kind of put his hands behind. I, I can, I can remember like it was yesterday and just one. to, man, it's one of the, it's one of the most important times of my life. Cause I can remember like, you know, that can go a lot of different ways depending on how you take it or whatever. Right. And so he kind of laid back in his chair and, he put his hands behind his head and he said, um, he said, Kelvin. he said, you know, he said, um, he said, you, you have a lot of talent. He said, and you work, you work hard. He said, but you, you don't give me everything you can. He said, you know, he kind of pointed out a few examples or whatever he's, you know, and one in particular he was talking about and, um, and strength and conditioning in the fall, you know, we have this sprint program or whatever. And he was like, you're, you're the fastest guy on the team on most days. He's like, but you don't finish first all the time, or, you know, you'll win, but you don't, you know, you don't blow those guys away like you're capable of. And he said to be great, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta go to extra mile or whatever. And he's like, you know, you go to practice, but, you know, you don't always stay after to do extra hitting or do this, do that. And I'm saying I'm I'm literally like taking notes, no lie, like I'm in class. OK, OK. All right. Got you. Got you. And I'm and I'm kind of I had a coach. My high school coach actually played for this guy while when he when he was in college. And so it kind of brought back memories of my coach telling me. Uh, I remember I was pitching in high school one time, and he came out to the mound and. Um, he kind of challenged me or whatever. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll show you whatever. And he was like, well, I'm from Missouri, you know, you got to show me. I was like, okay, okay. So whenever my college coach was telling me what I needed to do, I was like, okay. And I was kind of that way. You kind of, if you challenged me, that was kind of a way of pushing a button in me that would motivate me. And so, you know, and being a guy that had been coaching for 20 some years, he knew that I believe. And long story short, um, I started, I started to do everything he told me to do. And um, the next game comes up. So this is like game six. I don't get to play. And I'm like, bruh. Game seven. I don't get to play. And I'm just like, man, come on. And it was like and, and one of those games I remember was like a blowout game. And um, and I didn't get to play. And I was like, man, I was like, if I don't get to play in this game, bro. What, what the world? So the next game come up, we're like getting blowed out by some top ranked team or whatever, and uh, I'll never forget it. Um, he was like, uh, it was like bottom of the eighth or something like that, and um, he was like, Kelvin, you know, get ready to hit. And I was sitting there, I was sitting there, I wouldn't even, you know, I was kind of just talking or whatever. I was like, wait, what? And he was like, you know, get ready to hit. And I was like, oh. And I remember telling my buddy. Uh, Ryan, he was a catcher, and we came in together. He wound up actually transferring because he wasn't getting to play either. And long story short, he transferred to another school and still didn't get to play. But anyway, so I get up there, and um, if you listen to the podcast, you know I've always talked about, you know, first pitch fastball, or whatever guy throws a first pitch fastball, boom, get a hit, and um, go out in the field, play the final inning or whatever. And then in the next game, I don't start. And I'm just like, okay. And um, again, late in the game, he's like, you know, get it back, get rid of the hit. And same deal. Get up there, first pitch fastball, swing, boom, get a hit, get a double. Go in the field, you know, play the final inning of so. Okay, next game, don't start. He calls me again, late in the game, go pinch hit. Go up there, first pitch fastball, get a hit. I'm like, bro, this is too easy. I'm like, you know, they just going to throw fastballs, you know, whatever. So that's three games in a row, coming off the bench, pinch hitting, I'm three for three. And I'm like, okay, I I should get more, I should get an opportunity, right? And lo and behold, I do. The next game after that, I'm in the starting lineup. And I never come back out to start lineup. After that, four years later, play four years, never come out of the lineup after that. And, you know, I say that to say this, you know, had I not had somebody in my corner to say, hey, you know, go talk to the coach directly, be a man, you know, put the work in. Because my coach, you know, he could have just, you know, blew me off or laughed or whatever. Um, But he told me straight up what I needed to do. And then in his, you know, in in turn... You know, I did that and he gave me opportunities after I put the work in. And then when those opportunities came, we used to have this thing where, hey, if the phone rings, you better be ready to answer it. And when the phone rang those three times, I was ready to answer it. And, you know, the rest is history. So with Sam McCall, Sam McCall is, you know, obviously he's immensely talented, um, probably still, you know, somewhat immature I mean I know I was I mean listen I was like man if we if we don't if we don't um if I don't get to make, to make the travel team I hope we lose I mean that's you know just being straight up you know that's that's where I was mentally and, and, and uh, as far as a maturity level at the time and um and I'm not saying Sam is that way but you know for him to and obviously you got the transfer poor out there We we didn't have social media so these look these kids are dealing with a whole bunch of stuff man so I don't I don't blame Sam I don't because you have everybody and their mama talking about how good you are coming in high school. And I'm sure there's people still in his ear about, Hey, you should be playing. You know, if you don't get to play, you should transfer. Just, you know, you could probably go play here or whatever. And, you know, if you don't have, if you don't have the right people around you, man, it, it's, uh, it's tough in today's world. And so, um, you know, obviously it looks like sandwich practicing. I'm recording this on a Monday night. It was like sandwich practicing, today and we'll see what happens at the end of the year and if he decides to transfer look best wishes to him Um, but at the same time there's a reason why he's not playing Uh, this staff has shown that if you put in the work and you're good enough as a freshman you'll play as a freshman we saw it with Amari Cooper last year we're seeing it with A.Z. Thomas this year and so um, you know it's not like they're you know they're not playing him for out of spite or something that's, that's not the case he's just not ready if he were ready he would be out there and i really hope he stays um you know i've mentioned uh brendan gant a few times on the podcast this year and on twitter and i mean you're talking about a guy about a guy that was a four star coming out of, out of um, high school as a safety played started as a as a freshman then saw his playing time decrease significantly whenever um uh, Jamie Robinson and some others came in and, you know, we saw him change positions. We saw him change numbers. I mean, when you're talking about adversity, they put it on him. And you know, Brendan, Brendan Gant didn't run to the transfer portal. And I I wrote about, you know, I was thinking at one point, no lie, I was like, he he probably one of the players that probably will go to the transfer portal because he's not going to get to play and so forth and so on. But look, credit to Brendan Gant. That guy has put in the work, changed positions, found a role on special teams, has developed into a, a serviceable linebacker. Man, I mean, he's actually playing snaps and games at linebacker. Uh, look, that's that's a prime example of what you could do if you you know put your mind to it. If you take if you take um take heed to what the coaches tell you and take advantage of the opportunities you get. So we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens with Sam. Uh, Like I said, hopefully he he sticks, you know, he, like I said, he's got a lot of talent. Um, but a lot of, a lot of uh, being successful, um, in athletics has to do with the mental side of things, right. Um, put no extra work in, um, before practice after practice watching film Uh, you know when I was when I was in college with baseball I mean we we had VHS tapes that's how old I am that we had to um, watch uh, footage of our swings and games and analyze and you you saw what you did wrong and what you needed to improve on go to the batting cage and put the work in so forth and so on and look it is a job and if you're not willing to put in the work to to make that happen it's not going to happen and that's just you know, so I know some people will be like, man, he's he's so talented. You know, we lost him if he, en- you know, if he enters the transfer portal. And and guys, I'm just going to tell you, um, if he does enter the transfer portal, then there's a reason for it. And um, I feel, you know, I would I would be willing to wager that the coaches um, have had the conversations with him that that, that my coach has with me because that's what this coaching staff seems like they they're about. And We've seen it with other players, um, and, you know. Prime example is Brendan Gant, and so um, you know, I'll just leave it at that. And and hopefully he sticks around and and uh, and and learns from this experience. Because man, listen, whenever whenever you you go through something that um, these these players have gone through, um, I gave a shout out to Cameron McDonald um, a, a few days ago. Um, that's another guy who came in uh, under one regime went through hell um, you know, three and six, five and seven and could have easily hit the transfer portal. I mean, he, this guy came from across the country from the whole nother coast, uh, you know, new culture, new staff. I mean, and he stuck it out and is um, going to be um, a, a significant part of why this program, you know, turned around and um, you know, that adversity, if you learn from it, you know, it'll, it'll teach you a lot of lessons. And so, Um, And I feel I feel like that's kind of the foundation of of where this program is going. You know, they've you know, they've they've, you know, went through all of the adversity and, um, you know, it's almost like a muscle, right? A muscle a muscle doesn't grow stronger unless it's torn down and broken down. And I feel like this program was was just torn down, you know, I'm talking about to to rock bottom but you're seeing that muscle really grow now and um if you if you listen to one of my earlier podcasts um this uh in the preseason or maybe it was like after the first game or two i talked about how you know you, we, we've seen sparks of, of fire right um and um and we need that we need that fire to become a full blown fire that's you know been fed with oxygen and just growing and growing and growing and it feels like you know that's where this program is right now over the past four games. You know, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's just a blazing out there. And you're seeing that kind of, um, you know, kind of spread into different areas of the program as far as, you know, recruiting and, and perception of the program. Look, all the teams that used to negative recruit about FSU, they used to negative recruit about Mike Novell, And, you know, he's on the hot seat and he may not be here next year, so forth and so on. Look, if Mike Norvell wants to make changes on the staff, he'll be able to do it now because there's it's, there's stability. Um, teams that used to make montages or clips of the offensive line getting ran through and the quarterback getting killed. No day is over. Can't use that anymore. Can't use that anymore. Um, the days of FSU or the staff not be, being able to recruit, you know, can't use that anymore you know, they've shown they can get guys from the high school. They obviously can get guys from the portal. And I feel like it's going to be a mixture, a mixture of those two things moving forward uh, for this program. I know, I know a lot of people keep saying, you know, you can't sustain, you know, um, recruitment in the portal and all that good stuff. But I'm not saying that, you know, they should continue to live in the portal getting 10 or 15 guys every year. But whenever, whenever, Whenever you can get a guy that's a difference maker, a guy that can help you, um, you should do that. And if you pay attention, Mike Novell, um, the guys that that they're bringing in from the portal usually have. I mean, there's some exceptions. You know, you got Jermaine Johnson or whatever. But if, and if you and if you can get a guy like Jermaine Johnson, you take him. But usually, the guys have multiple years of eligibility. Um, you know, a prime example would be um, uh, Trey Benson. You got. Johnny Wilson, Mike Pittman, Tatum Bethune could come back next year, and I think he will. Um, I mean, you know, there's a a ton of guys. I mean, Fabian Lovett had what he's been here three years now. Um, Jared Verse could come back if he wanted to. I don't know if he will or not, but he, you know, he had multiple years of eligibility. And so, if you if you kind of stick in that realm of of taking guys that have multiple years of eligibility. Then it's more sustainable than you think, and if you can take a guy that has been a, in college a year or two, and I said this, you know, last mm-hmm. last December, whenever we were talking about the early signing period and uh, you know, missing on high school recruits versus getting guys from from the transfer portal, guys, it's very rare for a high school player to to contribute at a high level coming out of high school, regardless of how many stars they have. If you can get a guy that has been in college for a year or two, been in the strength conditioning program, has a little bit of experience under his belt, you take I would take that guy over a blue chip high schooler any day of the week. Um, And a prime example is the receiving group here. Look at look at Micah Pittman. Look at Johnny Wilson. Both guys were uh, Pittman was number 94 overall out of high school. Uh, Wilson was like number 116 overall coming out of high school. Neither of them had. Too much production at their prior stops, both dealt with injuries, but the talent was there and they had been in college for at least a year or two. And you see what they've done with this team as far as uh, the receiving corps um, this year at FSU. Way, way, way more production than what we would have had. Had uh, FSU relied solely on true freshmen uh, like Devon Mortimer and uh, Kevin Coleman, had they came to FSU last year? Um, So going forward, I expect them to to put more attention on high school recruits while while continuing to look for those difference makers uh, in the transfer portal. Um, Hopefully, you know, I expect them to close strong. Um, also if you look at the overall rankings, uh, you know, whether they finish top 15, top 10 or whatever, I wouldn't pay too much attention to, you know, the overall rankings. I, I don't really care as long as they're meeting needs and getting quality players in here. Cause this staff has proven they can develop players. Um, they'd proven that they can uh, address needs. Um, and so really, um, would the thing to look for is if, if they can, if they can, and I think they will, if they continue to win, if they start to get those elite, elite players. And another thing I've said it on Twitter, but I want to mention it on here too. So when we're talking about those elite, elite players, I know some people were like, well, man, we don't have that many for um, the 2023 recruiting cycle. I think a lot of people are, have forgotten that um, FSU didn't have their NIL game, um, you know, off the ground. it Rising Spirit de- didn't even get off the ground until April of this year, uh, whenever they launched it uh, coinciding with the spring game. And if you follow recruiting, April is very, 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 very late in the recruiting process if you want to get those top, top, top elite guys. Now, obviously, FSU has made up a, a lot of ground on the NIL front, uh, with the Rising Spear, and they're they're competitive now. So, whenever you look at 2024 and beyond, I expect I, you know, and if they continue to win, I expect them to to get uh, more and more of those top those top elite elite guys. Uh, they already have a couple for 2024. Obviously, you got to keep winning. Uh, you got to keep uh, building that war chest for uh, the NIL game. So, if you are not a contributor. To rising spear, I would suggest uh and you care about recruiting, you care about winning, I would suggest you become a donor, point blank, point blank, so um, yeah, man, but yeah, hey, look we it's a great time to be an f s u fan, um yeah, you know, we got Florida coming up on Friday night, prime time, box office boys back at it. And it's a game that I I think FSU is going to win. I will I will definitely be able to record this week again before the game. I uh, my last day at work this week is Wednesday, so I'll probably record probably Wednesday night. I think that way to give you guys something to uh, to listen to after you stuff your stomachs full of food on Thanksgiving and and all that good stuff. So, um, again, if you are a first time listener, I appreciate you. Um, checking us out and giving us an opportunity. Those of you that have been with me since day one, really appreciate it. I saw that we we did get a couple um, more um, reviews. Um, So if you haven't had an opportunity to rate this podcast on whatever platform you listen to, I would appreciate it if you could do so. That really helps us out. And um, those of you that share the content on social media, I really appreciate that. Also continue to do that. Tell a friend about us. And, um, you know, we keep it real over here. Uh, No agendas. um, Just give you you straight what I believe. Um, If it's bad, it's bad. If it's good, it's good. And um, that's how we roll. So uh, make sure you shout out um, BattleOnline.ag. And uh, until the next time, go Noles.